0: out of really everybody in the entire series, they gave Fangs a real revamp here.
1: I'm loving new Fangs. He was like, oh, I thought he was going to be lead on this song for like a hot minute. Yeah. And then he is just like fully in it, taking over conversations, loving new Fangs.
0: Yes, absolutely. I do think that we need to give kudos to the writers that they did. They seem to really be needing the moment when it comes to giving our characters of color actual things to do. Hello, pals and gals, and welcome to another episode of
1: XOXO XOXO Riverdale.
0: Riverdale. I'm Louis Perlman. I get better. This is your favorite Riverdale podcast that's hosted by two grown-ass adult comedians. Uh, And today, we're covering the episode Purgatory. Are we going to enjoy the seven-year time jump? This is the big question on all our listeners' ears. You know, you have to stay tuned to to know if we're going to enjoy it or not.
1: Yeah, Purgator- Purgatorio.
0: Oh, that's it wasn't Purgatory. Purgatory.
1: <laughs> no, it's the Italian
0: Oh my gosh, Purgatory. that's, you know what? I honestly think that it was listed as Purgatory on my DVR. So maybe it was accidentally translated.
1: So I don't actually see what it was. Uh, I didn't see what it was listed as on the CW, but on my little TV show app, it was Purgatorio. So either one could be right yeah <laughs> the same word
0: yeah but we'll we'll we'll, we'll say it was purgatorio because it is a reference to dante's inferno
1: yes but before
0: we we get to that uh recap first mm-hmm. of all if you like what we're hearing uh oh yeah i actually have a shout out as well <laughs> so much going on this week hold on let me find the shout out here so um we have a new listener It is, oh boy. It was in a text to me. So now I need to find it. Anjali, please edit all this out. Here it is. Uh, Shout out to Jonathan in Yellowknife, who said, I love having a good recap podcast about the dumb shows I watch and theirs is perfect.
1: Thank you so much, Jonathan.
0: Isn't that awesome?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I also love dumb recap podcasts, but to be the best one, or the most perfect one, that doesn't mean we're the best, but we're the most perfect, That uh, that's nice.
0: Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, so if you agree that we're perfect, you know, best thing you can do is subscribe so that you can keep listening to us, and you can rate and review us and follow us on social media. You can do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that being said, any big Riverdale fan news this week?
1: We have two interesting news stories and the first one just got more interesting as we were speaking great because it really sunk in uh we got vanessa's baby name
0: oh what's what's the baby's name
1: river really (laughs) (laughs) which for over a week i've just been or i guess a full week i've just been like oh river that's a like River Phoenix, that's like a name. And then right now, while we were talking, it was like she's on Riverdale.
0: I can't imagine that she cares so much about Riverdale that that's why she named that baby River. I think it's probably more coincidental.
1: Yeah, you know, it might be like because of Riverdale. a
0: series of reasons, and maybe one of them is that she is grateful to be on Riverdale.
1: Yeah, I, I don't like. I don't think it's related, but also like, she should address this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other news. While I was stumbling around trying to figure out who the new actors on the show are and getting no information, <laughs> um, I did find that Lachlan Monroe, Hal, has been cast in the Suicide Squad spinoff series.
0: Oh, it's called a...
1: Peacemaker. It's on HBO, like it's a mini series. Yep. So good for him.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I love James Lachlan. Monroe. Be I've liked Lachlan Monroe ever since he played a cop in Freddy versus Jason, so you know. Good for him. So I have a little bit of like very fun fan news mm-hmm. that I saw on Twitter today, and I'm gonna put the link to this in the show notes. So there's an author named Russ Berlingame, and I apologize if I mispronounced your name, Russ, who uh, is writing a book, and guess what this book is called? Kate, you're gonna love this. Oh no! What is it? It's no, no, no. This is like legit a really nice thing that I think you'll enjoy. Okay. He's writing a book called "Best Movie Ever," a totally jerkin' book, and it is an oral history of Josie and the Pussycats, oh, the film my from
1: two thousand one. I. Love this so much! <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's awesome. And so he actually has an IndieGoGo happening currently. He's trying to raise three thousand dollars. He's already um twenty four hundred dollars along the way. But I thought that our fans would want to know because Josie and the Pussycats is such a really fun example of those characters and what to do with them properly. Uh, you know, we're both big fans of the movie on this podcast. And uh, I'm definitely gonna donate a little bit of money. So uh, he's doing an Indiegogo to uh, get a, you know, just basically build a proper research budget for the book, but it's gonna be a full oral history of the film Josie and the Pussycats. So best of <sighs> luck to him. I think it's a really worthwhile project and what I wanted to plug on the show.
1: It sounds like so much fun too. To like the people who are involved in it are all like fun, well-liked people.
0: Yeah, you get to interview Parker Posey and Alan Cumming. and. <laughs>
1: Breck and Meyer, like no yeah. one in that movie is unlikable.
0: Yeah, everybody in that movie is really wonderful. Oh, Rosario Dawson, Cory Booker's Cory Booker's girlfriend. I was just
1: thinking, what the fuck is up with Tara Reid these days? Yeah, I want to know what Tara Reid's up to.
0: Yeah, what's going on with you, Tara Reid? We love you. We want to know. So the book is yeah. going to help us with that. So I, I just wanted to shout it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. That being said, uh, I think that we're done with Riverdale news. So let's get into Riverdale views. (laughs) I'm fired.
1: (laughs) No, do it every week now.
0: (laughs) Really? It's it's our thing now. So this episode, Purgatorio, this is technically the season premiere of season Mm -hmm. five because of this weird broken up season that happened due to the pandemic. So before we get into specifics, how do you feel about it, Kate?
1: It was a wild episode that needed to happen.
0: Sure, 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 sure.
1: I didn't love the structure.
0: Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't mind. I liked this episode pretty much all the way through. I was cool with this episode.
1: Yeah, it was nothing. felt uh, out of place or weird, or anything. Like it was all just catching up to necessary stuff that was fun-ish. <laughs> um. <laughs> I thought all- some of
0: it was fun, and some of it was fine. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's how I feel, too. I
0: also just want to kind of speak towards, before we get into specifics, the tone of the episode. Mm -hmm. It felt like a burden had been lifted from the actors that they're now able to play somewhat of age. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you felt that as well. But it seemed like everybody was trying a little less and I, I thought it was quite refreshing personally. I think
1: it was that and also they didn't have a crime to solve in this episode.
0: That's true. That's true. Is- so yeah, it's a little less. Ex- well, it's it, it was exposition in a bit of a different way, but it was yeah. one of those let's take a breather episode sort of similar to you know, the unfortunate episode that had to be written to memorialize fred andrews slash Mm -hmm. um luke perry you know uh that episode um uh yeah or even the uh the last episode graduation as well was a little more like that yeah but yeah but i i like seeing the uh the grown-up versions of these characters
1: yeah Uh, and before
0: oh go for it kate yep
1: we're talking so they're playing on age so cole is still playing someone younger than him
0: just slightly Um, though now
1: just slightly and i have to say kj's playing older now
0: yep kj's playing a little older yep he's the only one though and then veronica and betty are now pretty much the correct age uh yeah lily and and lillian they are all are yeah and the same with uh kevin fangs tony
1: i think kevin and tony are a little bit older they're like around cole's age
0: but yeah but only by a hair it's still believable and it's it's still uh a little more believable than them playing high school seniors yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) actually it's an interesting point these characters have never really been played by actors the correct age Mm -hmm. and it would be great to see a project in the future that's almost like pen 15 style
1: I love Pen 15. Yeah, Pen
0: 15 Rocks with the with the Archie characters. Uh, that might be okay. a show that only you and I would care about, but I think it would be interesting.
1: It would be so fun.
0: Yeah, it would be really fun to see like actual 10th graders play these play these guys. Yeah. It'd be cool. Anyway. <laughs> one more thing I want to just talk about before we get into the actual recap is I just want to shout this out right now so that we don't get into it in the middle of the recap. So there's this scene where Veronica is sitting with her husband and says, women can do whatever they want. It's 2021. I think we just need to let this go (laughs) because it just makes the entire timeline of the show completely cuckoo bananas.
1: I did not even absorb her saying that. (laughs) I heard it.
0: There's a whole article that I've read some of already that's in Cosmo as of today on Cosmo, you know, uh, that's about this fact that it just completely throws the timeline of the show into a really strange place. Yeah. And yeah, you know uh, I'm going to let the author of that article handle that more than us talking about it, but I did just yeah. want to note it because it, it really is strange and it feels like they were trying to fix something that didn't need to be fixed. That actually makes it more confusing than less confusing.
1: Yeah. Cause I distinctly remember her saying, that, like, women can do it all now, but truly did not absorb her saying 2021. She
0: did. She said, it's
1: 2021. <laughs> I wonder if there's a different edit. Like, I, I can't believe I missed that.
0: Yeah, like, we could have been cool with suspending our disbelief if it wasn't just thrown in our faces by so, them being like, yeah, it's 2021. Because this the Cosmo article brings this up. In the last episode, they unearthed the time capsule. That's 75 years later from 1940, uh, 1940, or sorry, 40, 45. 45. And that means that that episode takes place in 2020. So they've jumped seven years within the course of a month or whatever.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Probably about like six, seven months. So yeah, that's sounds like Riverdale me.
0: Yeah. It's a real Riverdale thing to happen. Absolutely
1: all right so let's
0: get into it because we open on a fake football war
1: i yeah i will say i liked how they did this because we did get too many waking up from dreams (laughs) um but i didn't like this whole like it was very clear that he was going to wake up from a dream in this situation yes like right away you could see the soldier in the background and then the football field being a war scene i noted that it was an old-timey war
0: it sure was he sure was wearing a helmet that he shouldn't that would not be worn in modern warfare
1: yeah he was wearing green yeah they wear not green now (laughs) um it would have been on the shores because they had those big old metal things that stop boats yep so uh which as far as i know there's not a whole lot of ocean in the desert but i could be wrong
0: it was a world war ii-esque war Yeah. You know, and uh, that's fine. I understand their need to do that. I felt like it was something they didn't really want to politicize, which is fine. It's just that we already had a conversation about this last week. It's just really confusing to throw in like a really pertinent war, like into the last episode and then Mm -hmm. have him have fought in in it and for them probably not to really address what the war was in the show ever again.
1: Yeah. And I thought it was interesting. He keeps seeing Cheryl for a long time before we see anyone else. Yep. Why?
0: I'm hoping that that's linked to what happens this season, that she may be somehow the key to helping to restore the town to its former glory. And that like her degradation as a character. Is related to the town not functioning properly. So we'll yeah. see if the show's clever enough to go that route. I kind of imagine that that was something symb- somewhat symbolic that was happening within the dream, and like some like some sort of precognition. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. You know, like foreshadowing. You know that yeah. kind of thing. Now,
1: with real TV was-
0: stuff, stuff that real TV shows do.
1: <laughs> Wild to hear. Um, The soldier that was shot—it was hard to see. Was that Jughead?
0: It was, yes. Okay,
1: so yeah, so he picks up Jughead's body, and who's dying, and he turns, and who's there with the gun, like the black hood, but not the black hood.
0: It's Hiram Lodge.
1: It's Hiram Lodge. That
0: whole—I thought that whole sequence and the shot of Hiram holding the gun was very stylish and very effective. I was into it.
1: I liked how they did this thing. Like this could have been very awful, and it wasn't.
0: Yeah, this was good Riverdale stuff. Isn't yeah, it nice when good Riverdale stuff happens?
1: It's wild, man. This and then isn't wake- quite
0: Cheryl falling through the ice moment, which was the best moment of the entire fucking series. Yeah. But it was up there as being really effective.
1: Yeah. Um, and then he wakes up in a hospital in Yonkers that is an old-timey <laughs> Forrest Gump, truly believed Lieutenant Dan was there and was nearly there.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah we got a half dan
1: yeah that's
0: not uh, nice i'm sorry that's not respectful i'm sorry
1: lieutenant dan's not a real person <laughs>
0: it's fine i know but it's just it feels like i don't like making fun of people who have lost their limbs in in war you know that's
1: fair yeah um, like
0: that feels a little beneath me as a as yeah. a funny podcast host anyway but yeah but we it, get that archie's a war hero uh-huh. and he's sergeant andrews he's become a, he's been He's a sergeant at this point, yeah, so he's and his, been leading men into battle, men yeah, and Yeah, his sorry. hair
1: looks worse than ever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Marty made the same point, roommate Marty made the same point, and this could have been such a great excuse to give him a haircut.
1: Well, it was a haircut. It was not a
0: hair color. <laughs> well, like, they could have given him, like, a military cut, though, so that yeah. they wouldn't have to really deal with the red as much anymore. But no, instead, it's like, let's make KJ, who is a perfectly handsome, lovely actor, no, dis to KJ, make him look more like sort of a strange clown man.
1: It's fuchsia. Yeah. It's it no longer red. <laughs> it is fuchsia.
0: Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's very punk. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And just like leaning in. So he goes to see his friend who I spent a very long time Googling this guy no information interesting no so
0: idea. could you figure out did they end up casting someone who actually is an amputee
1: well that's what i was trying to check but i don't know
0: i hope so i hope they were able to do that
1: yeah um and then i would definitely actually start to feel bad about the lieutenant Dan- but um yeah so kate well, archie's reading a feral to arms to him yes which is also an odd i I feel like it's an odd choice of a book for someone who's, like, just very injured in a war to read a book about the deadliest war.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very intense.
1: Yeah, which I like A Farewell to Arms, but uh, a lot of people don't. And also, again, the deadliest war.
0: Yeah, you know, Archie could, you know, like, be reading him, like, you know, something lighter, you know.
1: Charlotte's Web. Yeah. It's still a little deep, but, you know.
0: Some pig. Yeah. I was going to suggest Bonfire of the Vanities, but, you know. You know, here we are. Sure. Anyway, so (laughs) Archie actually could have been reading him Jughead's book. That would have been kind of fun.
1: That would have been really fun. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But so Archie is reassigned to revamp, which, by the way, this ends up truly not making any sense, revamping the Riverdale ROTC. Yes. Which we later learn at Riverdale High School doesn't exist anymore so of course there's no rotc
0: yeah 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 riverdale yeah rotc is a problem they're sending him back it's just an excuse to get him back to 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 the hometown
1: yeah because i mean what horrible research on the military's part to not connect that there's no rotc because there's no high school yeah (laughs) like there's it's you know I don't know why I'm so bothered by this considering the show it is.
0: Sure, but it's worth pointing out. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, the his friend who he's reading to is named Jackson. Yes. Just to track, because I'm sure he'll be back in the show at some point. Yeah. That's not all One we're going to see of Jackson. Yeah. And, and then Archie went off in a 1940s bus
1: yep an old-timey bus to sit on the old-timey bench
0: yes to see old the old-timey old
1: sign where the word <laughs> pep is burned out it's the town within the little burn hole
0: yeah and this
1: reminds the- me that i wanted to re-watch the conan's old-timey baseball sketch <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then he g- goes into pops to you know grab some food and see what's going right, on which we
1: should say outside no cars only motorcycles and there's you can now get gas at pops
0: mm-hmm. so there have been some changes mm-hmm. and then we learn and i loved this i gasped audibly that underneath pops now is the white worm
1: yes it is no longer the bonnie it is the white worm
0: well first of all a Good ridden spawn Nui, I never want to have another plot line about you on this show again. Yes. And love The White Worm. We haven't seen it in a few seasons, which is great. Mm-hmm. That's super fun. New set for it, of course, because it's, you know, they had to. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got Serpent Queen Tony.
1: Not performing Slave for You like it should have been. If you were going to rent those snakes, should have done Slave for You. I What
0: song was this?
1: I looked it up. It is called "Knocking on Devil's Door," and is is, it is it a cover? It is a cover, but there's so many covers that I couldn't figure out who was the original.
0: Oh, interesting. It's just like a song. Who's done it?
1: No one that I'd heard of.
0: Oh, okay. So it was like just sort of because I thought this song was really fun. I this didn't feel shoehorned. Uh, I thought it was. I thought the entire like way it was rolled out in the show was great and i liked seeing everybody on stage doing it so i felt this was a really successful musical number for riverdale yeah i was impressed by it
1: fangs and sweet people were on stage with her and kevin was in the audience watching um but again why would you get those big snakes and not do slave for you
0: this is true why would you not do slave for you (laughs)
1: by the way hashtag free britney
0: yes of course i've been
1: following this for months and i'm glad it's gaining traction yeah
0: we're a pro britney podcast in case you were wondering yes Uh, obviously we're pro britney podcast so yeah and also just want to say out of really everybody in the entire series they gave fangs a real revamp here
1: i'm loving new fangs he was like oh i thought he was gonna be lead on this song for like a hot minute yeah and then he is just like fully in it, taking over conversations, loving new things.
0: Yes, absolutely. I do think that we need to give kudos to the writers that they did. They seem to really be meeting the moment when it comes to giving our characters of color actual pl- things to do. And we'll get to that later on mm-hmm. in the episode. But it was, we really saw more from, you know, just to focus on fangs, we saw more from fangs in this episode than we have for, like, the entire series so far.
1: Yeah, this is the most fangs we've ever experienced. And so it was a lot of Sweet Pea, too. Yep, yeah,
0: yeah. And Sweet Pea seems to be a character that they've sort of promoted as to being a little more important. And I hope that continues to be the case. Yeah. So that's great. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, So... Yeah, Tony's pregnant, which we knew was going to happen, and Archie asks who the dad is, and she's like, it's a secret. Um, and then that's the extent of what we know about and it.
0: it. It's very obvious that what's going to be revealed in a very appropriate for teens way in the next few episodes is that Fangs, Tony, and Kevin had a threesome. And yeah. just let nature take its course. And whoever's baby that is, is whose it is. Uh, yeah. I'm certain that that's what's going to happen in that. Of
1: course. And yeah. it's going to be handled so gracefully.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's going to be handled so well. Because this show deals with stuff like that so great. In such a sex positive way.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um. So we find out that the serpents like got together and bought the bar from Hiram. Yeah. Which so... Does Hi- did Hiram own the basement and pop zoned upstairs?
0: Yes. Yes, it was to like my a duplex memory situation. that was the case because Hiram okay. got it during one of his squabbles with Veronica.
1: Right. Yeah. But Veronica was still able to give upstairs to Pop at That's correct. Yes.
0: It wasn't okay. part and parcel the whole thing. It was just the 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 basement space.
1: Yeah. And oh. got to say Tony's boobs looked great.
0: Wonderful, fabulous boobs.
1: Yeah. And then cliffhanger, what happened to Pop? And then we find out later.
0: Okay, so c- can we talk about this now? What happened to Pop is nothing. Nothing happened to Pop.
1: Well, well, so she thinks it's set up so Archie just like comes back and she thought he was back for the event with Pop. Yes. And we don't hear. And so it seems like it's going to be a funeral, but yeah, no, it's something else. It's still a thing, but it's not like really a thing.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought Pop had passed away just because he was older. Mm-hmm. And then that wasn't a thing. It was very yeah. weird. Right. It was, And I found that hugely confusing in this episode. Yeah.
1: So that's the end of the first act. Yes. And this starts setting up that each act is catching us up on one character. So that yes. caught us up on Archie. And then this next act is catching us up on... Betty.
0: Yeah, and I I liked this structure. I thought it was cool. And what do we see first first shot of Betty is her in classic lady CIA style running isn't she CIA or is she FBI?
1: Uh FBI.
0: FBI. Sorry. Classic FBI lady style running through the woods, yeah, which in is the main job that FBI women have in movies is to run yes. through the woods
1: in like really awkward cotton sweats
0: yes yes always yeah like that's a really good point like she doesn't she's like keeping herself fit she's you know she's in the fbi she's not wearing like better running pants or more modern sweatpants for running you know
1: better dressed for running right now in basically what i went to bed in um than she was in the moment. Like I'm wearing leggings and like a nice shirt. Like it's, she's just not prepared for that. But she is doing it anyway.
0: Very good point. That's a very good point. So this is giving me very strong, although I've never seen the full film from what I, from what I understand, it's giving me very strong Silence of the Lambs vibes.
1: Oh, it hits harder later.
0: Yes. And also someone brought up with me today, uh, my friend Anna, who does an X Files podcast, she brought up with a, a someone she was talking about about Mulder and Scully that the dynamic that Betty has with her partner is quite similar as well. Her FBI partner to Mulder and Scully.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Glenn. His name's Glenn.
1: His name's Glenn, and I'm. I feel like we haven't gotten enough. From them to make that.
0: Well, just that it's connection. two partners who are romantically entangled with each other. Yeah,
1: and where one thinks one thing is happening and the other one thinks like it's not real.
0: Exactly. I feel like that's the that's the similarity. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Okay. I buy it. <laughs> yeah. But Betty's seeing a therapist loving this journey for her.
0: <laughs> yeah, good for her to see a therapist. The only complaint that I'm gonna make is that now we've only seen two therapists on this show mm-hmm. and they've both been Black women. Yeah, And I think that that is a little weird that it's like, why are only Black women therapists in this show and in this world? And it feels like there's like a nurturing element that makes you uncomfortable. So I just want to shout it out. Like therapists yeah. the other types of people. They don't need to just be Black women.
1: Yeah, it does feel like on the surface it's nice diversity but it's that like black women taking care of everything totally (laughs) so yep that could be different Um, not their job yeah betty so many turtlenecks they used to be indicated by what color they're wearing and now they're indicated by what type of clothes and betty's is a turtleneck
0: yeah and i don't love this this wardrobe choice made for betty it It didn't, it wasn't very flattering for Lily. And I actually was really into the clothes, which I'll get into that the other characters were wearing. And generally I'm into the clothes in this show, but this seemed, uh, I wasn't into this for Betty and it was disappointing. I really don't want to see Lily in turtlenecks for this entire season now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it felt like they were trying to age everyone's outfits, but Betty still like plenty of women dress like how Betty dresses already. Yeah, she, they, were, they almost they made almost her, turned little... her matronly.
0: Yep, matronly. I was going to say frumpy, matronly. Yep, agreed. Yep. Yeah,
1: they didn't know how to age it, but they wanted to make that distinction anyway.
0: Absolutely. So would then... it have been
1: great if she went like Moira Rose and was in like feathers and like weird wigs and didn't address it?
0: I feel like that would be more of a Cheryl move. But... yeah but but you know uh any anyone dressing like moira rose on the show i'm here for absolutely so then we have this scene with her and glenn Mm -hmm. and uh you know glenn is trying to do something romantic with her and i thought that the actor playing glenn is very handsome i'm yeah there's
1: a lot of real cute boys in this episode in girls there's a lot of new cute people
0: That is true. There's a lot of new cute people in this episode. That's totally true. Absolutely. But she is busy. She's having lunch with a friend or dinner with a friend, but it turns out Mm -hmm. that she's not having dinner with a friend. She's having dinner alone and her friend is the trash bag killer.
1: She has a friend there and how dare you write off toffee like this? (laughs)
0: Oh, my apologies. You're right. Her friend is her cat. That's right.
1: Yes. Named Toffee.
0: Yes. Toffee the cat. Yes.
1: So she's watching a documentary about gazelles being eaten in the Sahara or whatever. It's just like generic B audio of like a gazelle being taken down by a line. Like there's nothing new about this nature. It is the single nature documentary that exists in film and TV.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And then yes, so she's tracking this trash bag killer, which they're calling TBK, which I think is kind of a twist on BTK. Like I think they kind of dug your way around that. Um but she yeah, we have the big silence little lambs reference here. And what's BTK? Uh bind torture kill.
0: Oh, it's a serial killer. It.
1: But got I think it, they, I think he's been caught.
0: Interesting. So so look the, that out for everybody and this is certainly not me and there's no reason why i would say this uh who haven't seen silence of the lambs all the way through
1: right i have not
0: have you have you what's the silence of the lambs element to this just oh her in
1: the hole in the ground
0: oh does that happen to clarice
1: i it happens to someone i this is the like it puts the lotion from the basket or else it gets the whole thing
0: got it Got it. Okay. Like
1: this is one of the few, like this and like facing Hannibal Lecter are like the two things that stick out from Silence of the Lambs.
0: Great. Well, as per usual, I'm thrilled at my pop culture knowledge here. I feel bad that I didn't know this.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is, this is what's screaming Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Got it. Because I saw your tweet and I assumed this is what you were talking about.
0: Yeah, I was talking mainly about her running through the woods.
1: <laughs> the well-known Silence of the Lamb trope. Running <laughs> through the woods. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Um, so then, we have an- uh, just another scene with Betty. She's lying in bed. She's awoken by the sound of her cat about to puke. That is the sound cats make when they are about to puke. It is also what woke me up this morning. So Betty and I have that in common. Yep. <laughs> uh- <laughs> So she goes, you know, she goes to find the cat because it, you just want to clean up the puke now. Like it's very annoying, but you want, or even the least, find out where the puke is to deal with later. Um, and the window's open, and you're like, someone got in. Uh, and she follows the cat, and she goes into the hallway, and there are trash bags with body parts.
0: That's right. And then she turns around, and there's the trash bag killer. Mm-hmm. Who is dressed in trash bags? Mm-hmm. And I love this. I think it's really visually yeah. striking and genuinely frightening. And I'm into it. I like this guy. I'm a fan. Yeah. 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 I. i look- And
1: what's interesting is he. I worry that this is setting up. It's clear what the mystery of the season is by the end of the episode, but also it feels like they're setting up too much to deal with. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what this show? <laughs> No, I know
1: they never do that
0: on Riverdale
1: (laughs) because now we've got like two mysteries to solve here, and And they're
0: both kind of like cartoony 80s horror movie mysteries as well.
1: Like, they're really leaning
0: into it here. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like this the Stonewall prep mystery from last season was a departure, which I liked.
1: This is different, (laughs) yeah, and we find out so she sees her therapist again and we she so betty's lying to the therapist she's saying i'm not having nightmares and we're like oh we just saw one betty yeah but the therapist mentions that while betty was hunting the trash bag killer he captured her and got away yeah so this is now not even like a peripheral this is just part of betty's job thing this is gonna play some sort of role that i am already sick of
0: (laughs) yeah he held her hostage for two weeks apparently
1: yeah that was her in the hole it's well, oh, what is, I don't remember. But oh, Buffalo Bill, right? That's a yeah. Science of the Land character that keeps him in the hole. Sure. I've never seen any of that movie, and I know this the whole thing very well.
0: Well, I'm going to watch it. <laughs>
1: I think there was a take on it in You're the Worst, and that's like where I learned a lot about it. Got it. it. <laughs> they go in like a really immersive how, like haunted house.
0: So then Betty Betty, uh, you know, gets the call from Archie. Yeah, and needs to go home. Mm-hmm. And then while she's home, we need to talk about this. They need she needs to clean out the satellite office. Yep. Because it hasn't been cleaned out in seven years.
1: Yeah, and she's just gonna start working there by herself, I guess.
0: It was like that- it's the
1: satellite office. You can start picking that up, and it's like this was decided very fast. Because she found out 20 seconds ago that she's going back to Riverdale. Yes. We know that the, just the general government has no fucking idea what's going on there.
0: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) But they're still like, you know what? The ROTC should be active because there's a high school and the FBI office is totally still there and hasn't been fucked over with and is going to be easily operational and none of that is true.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: (laughs) I'm going to there's something weird in the impeachment trial. Okay, it was someone a uh, uh, congressman was being like held up by the police in riot gear, like he was in a spotlight with his hands in the air. But I think it was them coming in to rescue him.
0: Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so that's what that picture was. It was very like Ellie and Gonzalez shot. So that's what kind of turned me for a loop there. Yeah. Back okay. to our podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ellie and Gonzalez is alive and well in Riverdale <laughs> and not Cuba. And anyway, uh, so, so Betty's going to go clean out the FBI office and Glenn is going to watch her cat and they share a very quick, very dry, very loud kiss. Yes.
0: I don't think Betty's that into it. I think Glenn's into it, and Betty's not. You think? Yeah, that's that's my my expert opinion right now.
1: It was like extra sound effect kissing, like they do in The Bachelor, too. Yes. Where you're like, no one kisses that loud, <laughs> but they do here.
0: Where they're like, mia, 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 mia. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so then, next next beat here, next uh-huh. next uh, act, we get. What's been going on with Veronica, Mm -hmm. where first and foremost, she has married a major dink, which is very upsetting and a surprise, quite frankly.
1: Is it though? But so they've been married for a year. We find out that Veronica has been working at Lacey's.
0: (sighs) Yep. You know, Veronica has been working at Lacey's. Uh, You know, which is, I'm kind of surprised that she didn't get a job at Spiffany's or at (laughs) Gord and Baylor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: But we do find out that she has this job at Lacey's after her work on the trading floor of the New York Stock Exchange. But then there was the accident. Yes. We'll find out, but we hear a lot about the accident before we find out what the accident is.
0: Yes, that is correct. And
1: also, we find that Veronica's new thing is plaid.
0: Yeah, but I liked Veronica's clothes.
1: I did, and I felt like it was still her style, but a little bit aged. Like, slightly longer hemlines and stuff. It was nice.
0: Agreed. I thought it was awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But she was called the She-Wolf of Wall Street.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, And then we learn that she's not working, going to her job at Lacey's.
1: No, she's actually going to her job in Uncut Gems.
0: <laughs> yes, which is amazing. Amazing. And I want to live in this world. And I know we're not going to for five or six episodes. I want to see a full Uncut Gems arc starring Veronica.
1: Well, I was fully like, I'm not sure how serious of reference this is. To Uncut Gems, but I was expecting, like, a holdup and shit. Like, I was fully ready for Uncut Gems to happen. Totally. <laughs> and it sort of does, but we're not quite there yet.
0: Yeah, but I mean, the the notes are there. The flavor is there, for sure. Yeah.
1: And we find out, so she gets a call, or she called, I don't remember what She talks to Chadwick, and she says that she and Katie are slammed at Lacey's. And so I think that's supposed to be Katie
0: Keene. 100%
1: which they're both working like counters at lacy's like oh boy they did not not to like that's a lovely career but it just doesn't feel like what riverdale would set up for two of its characters
0: agreed agreed 100 percent. yeah 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 you know i think katie i think her whole deal is that she wanted to be an actress
1: oh i thought she was fashion
0: yeah maybe fashion we'll never know (laughs) Yeah. And, and I'm wondering if Katie's going to pop up on the show this season. I'm guessing not. I'm guessing they're just, that was, that was their, that was their shout out to Katie Keene and she's done now. But anyway,
1: maybe she is trying to be an actress and this is like her survival job.
0: Yeah. To me, it struck me as a survival job. And to me, it struck me as a job for Veronica. Just to keep her down, once again, no disrespect to working at a department store. That's 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 a cool job, actually. Yeah, but, but just, she's, previously- she's so into the world of finance and business that it just it doesn't seem like the right match for her.
1: No, but she needs a slower job after the accident.
0: Yes, after the accident. So this is when I wrote down that Chadwick sucks and I hate him already and I'm not into him. And I can't yeah. wait for Veronica to leave him for Archie. Can't yeah. wait
1: now, I want to talk for a brief second about Vancouver filming. Oh, please. Was this, I, I think it has been too big of a time gap to be true, but was this Brian Kinney from Queer as Folks apartment?
0: You mean the apartment that they're living in? Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, they were both shot in the cove. So, they could certainly be reusing set dressings and stuff like that. Cause I'm sure that they have some massive prop warehouses, especially for like one time sets like Veronica's New York apartment.
1: Right. With the like lofted bed. I think, I think they were reusing a Queerest Folk set now 20 years after the show.
0: Yeah. Or elements from it. I wouldn't be Mm -hmm. surprised that have been in circulation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Small world. Yep. Um, So, we find out that so Chadwick really wants kids and veronica's just not ready she's not against it she's just not there yet and you know it's the accident has affected their sex life
0: yes and the sex used to be amazing which i didn't need to hear
1: but you know makes sense sure um are you ready to talk about this hermione thing
0: yeah now first of all just surprised to see Marisol uh, in this episode because I thought she was kind of on her way out but I guess she agreed to do this episode
1: yeah I want to say that when I gave you the example of what a setup is for the Real Housewives you thought it was totally wild and ridiculous (laughs) and I'm right and I just want to say to the listeners that I know I'm right oh
0: yeah but you know I wasn't ever doubting you right
1: oh yeah you were like that's can't that's wild yeah and it is indeed wild and
0: i can't believe we got to see that in this show
1: because this isn't a riverdale take this is what happens on the real housewives
0: absolutely
1: because we get um we get hermione's it's called a hero shot and her little introduction is that she went from small town to big city and her killer instinct always gets her what she wants
0: that's right (laughs) Huh
1: so yep we're just living that moment and she's like andy wants to see you andy cohen is like why aren't you coming and she's like mom i'm busy and i'm like yeah
0: yeah but when andy cohen wants to see you you swing by
1: (laughs) yeah you know swing by his house in hamptons
0: so then we get this scene with chadwick
1: yep we hear more about the accident strong
0: patrick Va- bateman vibes coming out off of chadwick in my opinion
1: i was getting uh chuck bass from gossip girl
0: sure Which, we a, and once again not not my not a reference i would remember so but yeah. i
1: feel that he is very patrick bateman like it is like part of that same character vibe.
0: yeah yeah not into it not feeling it
1: <laughs> yeah uh but and we then we, we
0: learn that they were in a helicopter crash
1: on their way On, to Martha's Vineyard?
0: No. On their way to Marcia's Vineyard.
1: <gasps>
0: now, several questions. Question one. I thought they referenced Martha's Vineyard last episode, just by name, when she was off. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm correcting myself right now. They were off to the Hamptons. Andy Cohen, Hermosa, or sorry, Hermione, and Veronica were off to the Hamptons last episode. Yeah. So Martha's Vineyard, I didn't understand why they wanted to disguise the name of this in an Archie Comics-esque way when it's a place.
1: And also because earlier, well- for everyone in the episode so far, they've been in very real locations. Like we were in Yonkers. Yep. We were in Quantico and we yes. were on the Upper East Side. Yeah. And now they're going to a fake place.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or they
1: were trying to go to a fake place and it didn't work out.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
1: And he, he get, Chadwick gives this lovely impassioned speech about how he was like, I thought we were going to die. If one of us was going to live, I wanted it to be you. And you're like, this is lovely. Feels a little gaslighty. Um, and then he gives her a gift.
0: A glamourger egg.
1: They're back, baby.
0: And yeah, she has really negative associations with glamourger eggs because of some sort of thing that happened with her father several seasons ago that I don't fully remember.
1: Yeah, I remember I remember there being glamourger eggs, but I don't remember the point of them. Yes. <laughs> um, but this is when we hit the real uncut gems moment and she sells it. She just turns that baby around she sells it.
0: Yeah, she doesn't really want the, these eggs. No. And this is a very Veronica moment. And I like the mm-hmm. way that they, they have the character acting here. Where yeah. she's just like, nope, out of my life. I can sell this. I know what to do with this egg. I will flip it.
1: Yep. And then she gets a phone call.
0: And the phone call is from Andy Cohen. No, it's from Archie. No.
1: <laughs> it's actually what happens is her phone plays lollipop and it's the black code and we're like i thought that was betty's ringtone for him and it turns out he's just figured out some way to make every phone play lollipop when he calls
0: from beyond the grave
1: (laughs) from beyond the grave
0: so then uh next act uh here we go with hunter s jughead here
1: yeah who lives A couple miles from Veronica.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that is, reminds me so much of, I had a friend who I really liked in high school who did live fairly close to me in New York City. And I only saw her once or twice and we overlapped by six six years or so. So definitely that sort of thing happens. Yep. I'm loving this for Jughead. I'm loving that he's living in the alphabet city.
1: I love the Jughead plot.
0: Yes, I think it's super fun. Cole seems to be really enjoying this as well. Yes. As it an actor. It opens with a
1: real, like, he's typing away and he gets mad and he pulls off his Allen Ginsberg dress, like, glasses at his Allen Ginsberg typewriter. Yes. throws paper around. There's loose paper all over the apartment because he's got writer's block.
0: Also, the clothes are totally cool. This is a look that I super want to aim. Yes. The, the clothes are like really yeah. nice kind of vintage, somewhat chic, somewhat schlubby, uh, very, there's a brightness to the clothes. I'm into it. Yeah. Uh, and also, I don't know if you noticed, but affixed to the lapel of his button up shirt is his uh, circle and rectangle buttons from his beanie.
1: Mm-hmm, which Isn't were still on the beanie when he threw it into the time capsule yeah
0: he must have gotten some and decided to put them on he his dug clothes. it up
1: and took the pins out and then put it back in
0: and boy does this little Riverdale fan want Hot Topic to sell some of those because I would love to throw some of those onto some shirts I own and stuff like that yeah yep super cool yep
1: um, so we meet Jughead's girlfriend, who turns out to be the coolest person in the episode.
0: Yes, the coolest woman probably in the whole series.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's, her name is Jess, and she is the best. And she's also having writer's back block, but you don't see her behaving this way. Yeah, you don't see and her, her like, behaving
0: like a little idiot.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he has to go meet his agent, Sam, who I'm also loving.
0: <laughs> yes! <laughs> we felt the same wrote, way about all this.
1: I wrote, love Sam. It's he funny-
0: Veronica's living in in a somewhat to me realistic New York like uh-huh. they did a pretty good job with the set for the you know jewelry place the gems place where she's working mm-hmm. all that and then I feel like Jughead is living in like novel New York and that's great
1: yeah it's that couple miles once they get through Times Square it just turns into uh enchanted basically totally (laughs) uh they truly felt like in that little park they were gonna break out in song but instead he's got this like new york sounding agent yes this
0: guy who's like i am from new york
1: (laughs) (laughs) clearly the actor is not but it's great
0: no that was a vancouver stage actor if i ever saw one like 100 (laughs) whoa
1: (laughs) yeah um so he The guys like Scribner, which is also a real company. Don't know why they chose a real publishing company.
0: Yep, they didn't call it Blibner. You know, they could have. Yep.
1: Nope, they went with Scribner. They might want to take their advance back because he hasn't written anything, and Jughead is shocked, and it's like, Jughead, that's how publishing works. Yes. (laughs) Feels like you should know that by now.
0: And Um, then uh, we get this uh, student, this young student.
1: Oh, you're skipping. Oh, I'm sorry. You're skipping a lot here. I'm sorry. So um, he goes back to his apartment that has an eviction notice on the door. Oh,
0: that's right. I'm sorry. Yes. Which,
1: which means not only can he not pay the advancement back, he has truly wasted it. Yeah. And he goes in and Jess is like, I'm leaving. And he's like, no. And I'm like, you go, girl. Leave yeah. Home.
0: Go date. Take- Love this
1: for Jess.
0: Don't go. Go have an affair with KO what, what's his face from yeah Queens. loving
1: this journey for Jess like get out of there
0: yeah or Alan or Alan M you know yes. these characters from Katie Keen we'll never see again
1: yeah and Josie and the Pussycats there yeah
0: yes yeah Alan M was in Katie Keen as well apparently that's why I bring it up yeah
1: I'm still not gonna watch but I love hearing this yes um so, yes, now we're in the bar and he's approached by a hot co-ed.
0: Now, I think this bar, to the credit of the show, is, I think, the same bar that Katie Keene and Veronica had their conversation in last season, which is I really think it fun. Is too. Yeah, yeah, when they were in New York, which is fun. And right. I like that they were able to sort of, you know, rebuild that enough. Yeah.
1: hmm and so the girl comes up to Jughead and she's like, I read your book. I, I recognize you from the back. It's, they say it like harkens to the outcast, but the more we look, oh no, it's called, it's called the outcast.
0: Yes. And, and it's a reference it's very to the clear, outsiders.
1: It's very clear that he just find replaced the names in the outsiders and yes. got away with it. <laughs> um, but she says, I'm an English major, of course. And I'm like, not of course, everyone reads books. That's not like a thing.
0: <laughs> totally.
1: And I will say she is a grad student, so she's slightly more appropriately aged.
0: Yes, yes. I thought there was going to be some sort of trick later on where she was like, "I'm actually a first year undergrad." Uh oh, Jughead, look what you did! Uh, but that didn't happen.
1: Thank God. Yeah. But boy, do we get beefy, boy.
0: So okay, I I, I want to really just be open and honest on my podcast uh, about this. Uh, so I'm going to be vulnerable for a moment for everybody. Uh-huh. I I thought this was a very hot sex scene. I was really feeling this. Uh, Was I alone or was this steamy for you, Kate?
1: This was the steamiest yet, and I feel like it's because it felt the most appropriate.
0: Yes, I agree. It felt appropriate. It felt there was a sense of fun to it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And yeah, and then we got to see that Juggy has this very sexy chest tattoo.
1: That's Cole's, apparently.
0: Oh really? So they're just letting him have it on the show?
1: Yeah, they're just digging in.
0: I so love I delete, that. I
1: don't know. I saw it on Twitter, and Twitter's gotten a lot of things wrong about the show.
0: I, I I went on a few dates with a fellow who had a chest tattoo, and I was feeling it to be perfectly honest. So I liked this a lot. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, loved this, and was sad that the door closed when it did
1: you know that's what imaginations are for
0: uh, absolutely but you know some with some and i know that the sex scenes they we were warned that the sex scenes were going to be a little less steamy this mm-hmm. season because of the uh you know because of the regulations you know the way that they have to shoot safely so mm-hmm. less steamy sex scenes uh which is fine uh because in a previous season you know just the Archie Veronica stuff was off the chains insane. And I yeah. kind of wanted that for this scene, but they're not going to, they're just not going to do it. And they're not never going to do it for Jughead. So I need to stop wishing for that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so we get that great scene. And then the next morning, Jughead's, I don't even remember what he was doing, but she comes out in his S t-shirt.
0: Yes, in his old shirt. And it gives mm-hmm. him a moment of pause.
1: Yeah. She's like, is this shirt okay? And he's like, where'd you get it? And I'm like, Jughead, you know where she got it she's yeah. like your drawer is it okay and he's like yeah and i'm like where did you think she got it <laughs> she came to your apartment last night not with like a duffel bag of next day clothes
0: yeah it was a it was a one night stand type deal
1: yeah um so this teen scene takes like a turn so she looks at a little article on the wall where we find out the jughead is a member of the new brat pack yeah. um and she's like, oh, interesting. I read that article a couple of times. And then she very seriously is like, I've actually read it so many times and I knew exactly who you were. And I'm like, oh, is it a stalker? Mm-hmm. And it sort of is, but it's not as exciting as I thought it was going to be.
0: Mm-hmm. So she blackmails him
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, in order to get him to read her manuscript.
1: Yes. Excellently named the rules of distraction yes
0: (laughs) not to be confused with the rules of attraction
1: no that's the joke
0: yes i know (laughs) just (laughs) spelling it out for our listeners
1: yeah but we yeah so this scene it we find out that like he has creditors after him and we oh yeah so um He has some, like, debt collectors going after him and they're fully, fully doomed in this episode.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's unclear if they're legit or not because then they also have a business card. Yes. Um, But he says he'll read her novel if she answers the door and says he's not home and says he's in LA. That's right. And now I'm like, is he, is he going to have to deal with this now, too? Is this our third mystery of the season?
0: Well, this is going to be brushed over subplot that we're going to want to see more of, but we're going to be seeing more of the fucking truck killer instead, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Skeleton
0: truck just... man, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Plotline's dead. It's, it's gone. Yeah. That's the last we see of Korra.
0: That wouldn't surprise me literally at all
1: nope and then Jughead gets a phone call
0: and he's just sitting down to read this manuscript and I think that it would be such a fun twist if Jughead stole her book from her and was like this is mine and And she can't fucking do anything about it because she blackmailed him you know
1: I love this journey actually can this be the new show
0: Jughead steals books from women yeah
1: yeah, and sells them as his own, and it becomes a show about plagiarism.
0: Yep, problematic jughead.
1: Yeah, it's like we get into like torts law, and we're all like loving this. Yes. Um. So the next scene, the next uh, segment is following Cheryl, which I it felt like they were setting up as her her as like a fifth member, which I liked.
0: Yes. Well, Cheryl's gotten important. Yeah. In the in the arc of the show, one hundred percent.
1: Right so, so
0: yeah so we learned That Tony's a guidance counselor which is cool
1: Right working with Kevin as a Drama teacher at Riverdale High which later Is doesn't exist
0: I I don't remember that being the case Do they say that Riverdale High has been Closed
1: Yeah well they because we get to the Sodale thing and then Archie's like oh do the kids start going To Sodale High like do they get Bussed over there and then she's like no they go to Stonewall
0: Yeah Yeah okay okay well we'll figure out what's happening there
1: or we'll never figure or it we'll out we'll never just...
0: figure it out yeah or this it's just weird it. writing tony lives on cloverfield lane Yep. which is awesome
1: yep Fun <laughs> little movie reference there yeah really really heavy-handed <laughs> uh and she the serpents totally went away I guess they went off to Ohio with FP when they left that parking lot. That was all of them. Yeah. And uh, she just restarted it. And so she's the serpent queen. Cause she was like, yeah, let's do it.
0: Yes. And I love all this. I'm into yeah. this for them. I think it's cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Archie's like, what happened to Cheryl? And everyone's like, Ooh, <laughs>
0: i wish that had happened on the show what happened to cheryl and he's like
1: (laughs) they do give her like a (laughs) and like shake their heads.
0: they do but tony deals with it well
1: yeah she decides she wants
0: to tell archie what's going on i just want to pause and say i love the pairing of archie and tony it's two characters yes. that we haven't seen interact a lot, and there's just a good vibe between the two actors in this episode, and I hope that this carries through the season.
1: Yeah, so we find out that Cheryl's basically Miss Havisham. Yes. Um,
0: yeah, Cheryl's gone I, full Grey Gardens.
1: Yeah, Another good reference. Thornhill is being uh, re... Uh, I can't think of the word. Renovated. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thornhill Uh, is being renovated. uh, And we get
1: more into the renovation later. Yes. But uh, we find out that like Hiram and Reggie's working with Hiram.
0: Reggie in this one scene is very frightening. And I love what they've done with him. And I hope we get to see a lot of that and make Reggie into like a real baddie this season.
1: Oh, that's fun. Yeah. yeah, I think
0: that's a great move for him and uh, I really found the two of them appearing, you know, at sh- at Cheryl's at Cheryl's at, at Thornhill. That mm-hmm. scene was very effective for me, and I liked it. I, I like and- this move for all the characters.
1: Yeah, I like that it's giving Reggie something to do without like giving another plot line. Like they just like <laughs> nicely integrated him into an already existing one.
0: Definitely, Reggie being Hiram's right hand man is frightening. Yeah,
1: yeah, and we also get talking about lapel pins a different smaller spider brooch
0: it's awesome yeah yeah it's, it's spider brooch 2.0
1: yeah it's like an actual gem it's very lovely it is it's not plastic because the other one's plastic
0: there's a lot of like fake merch that i want from this episode
1: yeah new the spider, brooch. spider brooch was like legit yeah from bakelite but this is just like a lovely spider
0: yeah like new spider brooch jughead pins also tie-in novel i want to read uh you the know outcasts. the outcasts yeah the i totally want to read the outcasts and for it to be like a thinly veiled like a novel written in like a hard pulpy style that's about like jughead's high school experience you know yeah 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 anyway um,
1: <laughs> So Cheryl's like, I'd love to paint you, Tony. And I'm like, like one of her French girls. Yes. The um, and we find that like, first of all, loving that Nana Rose has not aged a day and is totally still kicking and more with it than ever. Yes. Um, but there's a lovely scene that I all, it's lovely, but I also hate it. Um, where Tony explains that her family's totally okay with her being out and they appreciate what cheryl's done for them and that cheryl's like really to redeem like redeems the family and then tony's like i kind of want to get back together and i'm like tony no and then cheryl's like no and i'm like thank you cheryl but then cheryl's reasoning is wild well
0: i certainly understand someone holding uh, you know holding a torch for you know they did have a positive relationship in high school yeah and it ended sort of not at any fault of their own and it was really quite crushing for them when they ended it as well so I understand that I do I do also want to see Tony move on that being said it being seven years later for sure yeah but it felt Tony too like
1: strong for seven years for someone who's been like blowing her off
0: Tony like I don't think that it's Someone blowing her off, though, I think that it's that Tony is can tell that, like, Cheryl's going through her struggles, and maybe she thinks that eventually Cheryl will come to and will, you know, be brave enough to take that sort of romantic risk with Tony. And I do have to say that that is, like, very much part of the queer experience. Like, there were, like, plenty of guys that I was ready to be in some sort of romance with over the years who weren't quite there for whatever reason or another. And it very often had to do with like gay stuff. So Mm -hmm. I thought this was somewhat Uh, well-written, you know, and then, but I did not end up with any of them. And that was a growth for me that I want to see Tony go through as well. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And
1: also because Cheryl is turning Thornhill into the Winchester mansion.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, no, 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 no. That's not quite, I feel what Cheryl's saying, What Cheryl is saying is that she feels like she's lost in her own Winchester mansion and that she doesn't want to drag anyone into that, you know?
1: Not quite, because she really brings up that the Winchester lady does the renovation things to get away from the curse. And we saw Thornhill in renovation without much of an explanation a couple scenes earlier. So I think she is doing that. And I do want to say that, The Winchester home is real, but they just wrote it off as a Helen Mirren movie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they did. I've seen the Helen Mirren movie.
1: (laughs) I have not, but I knew about the house before it. And then Um, that
0: arc has an ending, which I am not feeling.
1: Oh, I'm so into it.
0: Oh, really? Okay.
1: So, So we find, so Cheryl finishes the portrait and sends it to Tony. Yes. And it's hanging on the wall where the Veronica painting used to be. Mm -hmm. and we go back to see Cheryl and she still has it because she's forging art now yes and I love that Cheryl's an art forger and that Nana knows how to like appraise it appropriately like I love that there's this whole lengthy this did not start in these seven years this has been going on for decades is art forgery in the Blossom family
0: this that's so funny because this is the moment for me that I was like well, I'm already tired of this. I'm not interested in an art forgery plotline on Riverdale.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I don't want a whole plotline. I just love that this is what she's doing.
0: Well, little. we're going to get a half-assed plotline because this is another C or D plot for the season, baby.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then we find that Archie has been sleeping at the El Royale because it's, that's what stood the test of time.
0: And it's in shambles. El Royale in shambles. Hiram has stripped the town. Yep. Riverdale is lawless now, other than Tom Keller, Zaddy Tom. Well, this
1: isn't so. This we should say this isn't the next act break.
0: Yes, that's right. This This is in the next act break. Riverdale is the burned out
1: fire station. The the burned out fire station, which has apparently been burnt since before Archie left.
0: Yep. Big problem.
1: Yep. Tom is the only cop left.
0: Yes, Tom is the only cop left. So I am into this post-apocalyptic riverdale degraded like road warrior riverdale yeah that's going to be really fun that's a lot of heightening for all the stuff that was happening with the characters before the time jump i liked it right
1: so sketch alley is now skid row and there are rabid dogs
0: uh yes there's rabid. and, and wasn't there a plot line with rabid dogs already on this show was there i feel like there was something with roving dogs with the with archie when he was a vigilante but maybe i'm getting mixed up with that maybe i'm wrong
1: it rang sort
0: of a a a bit of a echoey bell but i could be wrong about that anyway i
1: I don't remember but that does not mean it didn't happen
0: (laughs) yes so the main riverdale drag Mm -hmm. is now the lonely highway yeah uh, and, you know, truckers try not to drive it at night.
1: Right, because bad things happen after dark, which she presents as new information, but is not.
0: Yeah, totally. It's been happening in, for the entire course of the series. But yeah. this is how we get to Skelly Trucker.
1: Yeah, eventually we get to Skelly Trucker. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Tony then explains where Hiram has been funneling all this money, which is into Sodale, which I'm guessing is South Riverdale, based on how it's presented. Um, <laughs> And Archie's like, so is that like where everyone's going? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, so I guess all the kids go to Sodale High. And she's like, nope, they go to Stonewall Prep. And I'm like, that is very confusing for property tax purposes, but sure.
0: I also would love if, you know, they're using Sodale, 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 Sodale. I would love if they somehow brought Greendale in at this point because Sabrina's been canceled. Yeah. So this would be a good... Season for them siphoning people off to Greendale, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. But then we have to deal with magic.
0: Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, so
1: st- <laughs> this, we don't need that now. Um, so so they, they stop by the Andrews' house, which is a bad thing over- and
0: a good thing at the Andrews' house.
1: It's bad been- thing:
0: the ghouls have moved in
1: remember the ghoulies yes
0: good thing they're super into death metal which is awesome
1: (laughs) and tony's like are you gonna go in and fight them and he's like maybe later
0: and he's like honey
1: (laughs) one thing at a time tony he's gonna fight them um so we go and we find out what happened to pop's And with the big pop event is, which is just his retirement party. Pop is fine. He's still working at the diner. He's just going to have a party later.
0: Yeah. Which I thought was weird.
1: Yeah. The big scary pop news is that nothing's changed. Yes. (laughs) Uh, But they go to see if everyone that Archie called turned back up in town. And they did.
0: And was Archie just calling everybody so that they could go to Pops' party?
1: No, because this turns into the sa- Well, and how you're watching community? Anyway, community eventually turns into the study group, turns into the Save Greendale community, Save Greendale committee. Great. And that's kind of what it is is he calls them in to help save Riverdale.
0: Yeah. Okay. So,
1: so Tony's also now, he's like, Tony, you're part of this. And she well, was like, okay. So, Tony's one of them now.
0: Talk. Okay. Before we get to the Tony thing, talk me through this. Because to me this seems insane. So Archie has dragged all of his old friends he hasn't seen in seven years away from mm-hmm. their lives as adults mm-hmm. to go back mm-hmm. to their hometown mm-hmm. with the nebulous goal of saving the town. Yep, that is r- so weird.
1: It's Ruberdale. It. They need a that- motive. And- Sure.
0: That's disappointing. You know, comparatively to the plot of, just because I feel there's some similarities to the plot of Stephen King's It, Mm -hmm. the second part of It is that all of these now adults need to go back to their hometown, to Derry, Maine, because Pennywise has returned and is killing Mm -hmm. children. He's Mm -hmm. an evil clown. Mm -hmm. I'm really surprised. They could have done something really fun by being like, there's a Black Hood copycat killer. This skeleton thing, I need all your help. Something really serious is happening. And instead it's just- Yeah, if
1: they had waited 30 seconds, it would have made sense.
0: Nebulously, the town is in shit. So they all have to stop all the shit they're doing to go back to Riverdale.
1: Yeah. I will say the only thing I like is that um, Community, the introduction of the Save Riverdale, the Save Greendale Committee, has my favorite cold open. Great. <laughs> And I would love to see it on, on Riverdale here. It sounds like it would kind of make sense based on the town situation. So I would love to see it.
0: <laughs> now, uh, okay, Tony. So Tony's like, I'll let y'all catch up. And they're like, no, uh-huh. you're gonna sit with us. And this is very <laughs> symbolic that Vanessa, the actor made a completely reasonable stink online during the Black Lives Matter uh, uprising over the summer and Mm -hmm. saying, you know, I don't really get a lot to do on this show and it's kind of shitty. And uh, they're like, no, no, no. Now you're going to have so much to do on it. Look at you. It's wonderful. Uh, And that's fine. Whatever they need to do to make it happen. And I don't mind this sort of moment, this kind of metatextual moment where they're like, no, you're an important character and we're going to have you in the show more. I thought that this was fine.
1: Yeah, because it feels like early in the episode, like we do get more like Fangs and Sweets, but it's they're still gonna be peripheral. Like the, they very much set it up as like there's the gang and there's their friend Kevin and there there's Kevin's friend Fangs. Definitely, like,
0: but he- now Tony's like a major player, and I think that's cool. I've always wanted to see more of Tony, uh, always, even when it was like potential romance between Jughead and Tony, like very early on. It felt like she mm-hmm. just wasn't in it enough for us to really get to know her. Yeah. So I think that's cool. I'm into it.
1: Mm-hmm. And, then
0: and then we we learn about Squeaky, Lynette Fields. Right, so this Fields. is
1: our full introduction to Tabitha, which is Pop's granddaughter.
0: Yep, Tabitha It was early in
1: the episode, but this is like a real moment with her. She so, says goodbye to her friend Squeaky.
0: So Squeaky's real name is Lynette Fields. Mm-hmm. So uh, just, you know, uh, for our listeners that might not know, Lynette Frome, Squeaky Frome, was uh, one of the murderers in the Manson family. So that's Mm -hmm. who they're referencing there. That's why they named that character Lynette Field slash Squeaky. It's it's Mm -hmm. a reference to Squeaky Frome. Now we know. Yes. Yeah.
1: And that is not her role in this, though. It seems she is not so much a murderer as much as a murder victim.
0: Perhaps, or is she getting into skeleton truck and then is she going to get taken away to a Manson cult? You know, she we'll see. She gets in the
1: skeleton truck and then learns to c- cover herself in garbage bags and kill people.
0: That could be it as well, 100%. I don't
1: we know how the see. timeline matches, but the timeline does match it all. Yes, yeah, so she hitchhikes and she gets in this big old truck with a skeleton on the front, Mad Max, Fury Road style.
0: Totally. And that's the episode not yep. my most favorite cliffhanger because it's about a character that I don't care about at all. Yeah. But overall, once again, you know, we're being a little critical because it's our podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: I like this episode. This episode was fun. I like what's happening with all the characters. I, this is compelling. Uh, once again, all the performances I thought were very good. So I'm hoping to see some good stuff
1: yeah. moving forward. And it seems like we might be seeing a little bit more of the people we don't get to see enough of.
0: That is true. The people in our neighborhood, the people mm-hmm. that we meet when we're walking down the street, the people yep. that we see each day. <laughs> All right. Powerless list, crush list.
1: So crush list, I have my number one is Beefy Boy Jughead. Me too. Who's shirtless in this episode.
0: I know, love it.
1: Loving it. Sweets, I think Sweet Pea looks so good. Yep. And Cheryl, I'm loving this like, like wispy miss havisham gray gardens crossover yes cheryl who never leaves the mansion
0: for me i'm gonna say jughead tony Mm -hmm. and i'm going to say veronica (laughs) in her cool outfits yeah but tony's great boobs tony great
1: great boobs on tony power list I, I liked doing the powerless this week because it feels like some finally we have people doing some moving and shaking. Yeah. So, I mean, number one is Vegas, of course. He's he clearly the one running the ghoulies' house. He's the only thing that's kept it from burning down. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then I had this whole thing, like, poor Mary didn't... Like, that was never her dog. She never signed up to have a dog, and then she was in charge of one now.
0: <laughs> I know.
1: Um. But so I have... In... No, In flip-flopping order, I have Archie and Hiram because Archie's the one that's bringing everyone together, but Hiram's the reason why Archie's bringing everyone Mm -hmm,
0: together mm -hmm. in
1: like kind of indirect way. And then Tony, because she's connecting the dots for everyone.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I feel that I would, I have it reversed slightly, but Mm -hmm. Archie, Tony, Hiram. Yeah. So we're pretty much agreement because it was a more clear episode than normal.
1: Yeah, it's all right. Next week. Next week is the homecoming.
0: Great, because they're all home now.
1: Right. So it is. I believe they did pull the title from a specific thing, or there just is a specific thing that ties in with this very obvious title choice. Sure. Which is a Harold Pinter play. Sure. Which um is if the plot ties in, it'd be kind of cool because the plot is that this guy brings his wife to meet his family. And she ends up liking his family better than him. So he leaves and she stays with the family.
0: (laughs) Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. So that'd be interesting if that ties in somehow.
0: Yes. Agreed. 100%. We will see. Yeah, we'll see. But in the meantime, thanks to everybody who's sticking with us and listening. And I know we have some new listeners this season, which is Mm -hmm. awesome. If you enjoy what you're hearing, if you want to give us any feedback, there's a few different ways you can do that. We're on social media. So you can you know, just look up XOXO Riverdale and you'll find us on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, on Instagram. We use all of those quite regularly. Also, just a reminder, you can go to our anchor.fm page and you can leave us a voice message if that's the way you want to communicate and then we can integrate it into the show.
1: Mm-hmm. S-
0: special thanks to Angeli Mercado who's been doing such an awesome job ed- uh, editing these for us.
1: Yes, with our new fancy demands. She was like, sure.
0: Yeah, totally, <laughs> with our tighter turnaround. And uh, Louis Aronowitz, who wrote a theme song four years ago, and it's the theme song that keeps on giving.
1: <laughs> yep, it's the theme song that never ends.
0: Well, everybody, for XOXO Riverdale, I'm Louis Perlman.
1: I'm Kate Bowder Bye. Bye. <laughs>